Hello and welcome to Breaking Late. I'm your host, Michael, and with me is a crazy Italian man this week. No, we don't have a crazy Italian man. We've got JD. How are you? <laughs> Not so bad, mate. How about yourself? Yeah, good. We left all the crazy Italians in Monza. Yes. Were they, they everywhere? Yes, they were gone. Mental. I was actually uh, just uh, uh, recanting a, a crazy story from Daniel's Ricardo trip into the... Uh, track on Sunday. Yeah, you're saying one of the videos you put up. I haven't seen it. So oh yeah, he did a little Facebook live video of him trying to get into the track on the on Sunday before the race meeting, and they are going mental, banging the windscreen, banging all the windows of the car, banging the roof, and he's so like, he's coming in in what Red Bull probably gets supplied the Aston Martins. Yes, yep. So in current model Aston Martin, very nice cars, yep. uh, and he basically said if. If this was my car, I'd be going mental. I'd I'd be I'd get out and start swinging at everyone. Yeah, well, you like, have they, to. Yeah, they, they, this is out of control. Mm. <laughs> He's like, imagine what it would be like for the Ferrari drivers too. Imagine Seb and uh, oh, Kimi I don't coming think in. Uh, they must just helicopter in those guys. I thought the exact same thing. I'm like, Jesus, it must be a little bit too much for the Ferrari drivers to get in. It must be overwhelming a little bit, but. Daniel seemed to take it all in his stride and was really happy when he got out of the car and started signing autographs for him and stuff like that. But yeah, it was pretty pretty full on stuff to start. I know we've we sort of start all over the shop, so we'll talk about the crazy Italians because that's something that I um you notice a lot in this Grand Prix. Obviously, the Formula One or the security at the track don't care about flares, and no. this isn't just at Monza. This is at a few. Grand Prix that I've noticed that flares are going off. And I mean, there was only an incident a couple of months ago at the Adelaide, uh, Adelaide Oval against uh, Adelaide Crows and Port Powell where someone let a flare off and everyone's going, oh my God, we've turned to soccer hooligans now. Um, and you know, every, you know, you hear in the A-League people let flares off and the media's all over it going, can't believe these people do this. They're endangering people's lives. Yet in Formula One at Monza, I'm watching a HD video feed of a guy that literally, I swear in one thing, you can just see his face and everything. He's just holding one of the flares. Zero fucks given. It's just like, whatever. I'm an Italian and I love my red Ferraris and I'm going to let off these red flares. And it, no one seemed to got removed. I, I actually felt a little bit sorry. At the start of the race, they showed um, one of the grandstands and there's three flares going off, I reckon within a 10-person radius. And it's going straight up the back of the, um, like into the crowd. And I don't even know how they could actually breathe back there, if you know what I mean. It's that strong. You can't see oh. the people behind them. I feel sorry for all the people that get stuck in the areas with the flares because they really do put a lot of haze or smoke, I guess is I, what it basically is. I don't know is, what the is. chemical they use to make it, but I'm sure it's not the best thing to be breathing. Because I swear, at the start of the race, they did a helicopter shot that went around the track, and at three or four separate spots, there's flares going off. Yeah, it was pretty Ah, it's just the Formula One. It's all right. <laughs> Crazy Italians. I mean, they put on a good show. They do, and it's always great underneath that. Uh, I think we need to do that more often at more tracks. Let more flares off. No, no. I'm talking about the podiums. The podiums at, at Monza are probably one of the best in the world. Yeah, well, this is something I want to touch on a little bit later, so should we We won't jump to the podium. I mean, the oh, podium is fantastic, and we got to see, and um, but that's definitely towards the end of the race. 
Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to touch on what happened. Uh, but yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just but a yeah, podium that I, I like. It's uh, in a great location. They need to maybe do that for a few more. I understand that a lot of the other tracks are temporary podiums and stuff like that for Formula One. But um, yeah, it is, it's an amazing podium. Something that I notice and I wish we did a bit more of is the supercars, no one cares too much about the podium. Or they always do it off in an obscure location. I think it's also because, like, when, you know, we watch it at Hidden Valley, we are sitting up at, like, turn 10, pretty yeah, much. Turn so 10, 11, we are 12. so far away from where the podium would be. And by the time race finishes, you cannot run that far to get to the podium to ever watch it. Oh, it's something I think they could probably look at. I don't know about all tracks, but maybe in Darwin, they can look at where the track density is for most viewing and maybe open the track so that people can come down to a, a podium. But even such. not just at Hidden Valley, but... At nearly all tracks, the podium and the celebrations, the fans aren't really there at supercars. No, it's no, more it's like, oh, there's the race team. You know, we do it at the end of pit lane because they've got that little truck. Supercars is very uh, controlled. Their podiums. There's no getting into anything. There's mm. no no crowd surging onto the track and stuff like that. They've it's very O H and S. No one's allowed on the track and so on and so forth. It's something I wish they did. Where like. Yeah, it's just one of those great things about Formula One when, you know, they get out there and get under that podium and really get to get up fairly close to their driver, their idols, mm. the children are there, and uh, cheer them on as they spray around the champagne and stuff like that and get, feel a part of it. Yeah, well, this is the thing, like, this year, I'm actually very surprised that the one track that got the fans as close as you could ever get was Australia when we all went on the track before the cars had finished. And <laughs> I mean, I know it was dangerous as, and I have talked about this in one of the first episodes this season, but uh, it looked good with a Ferrari flag, like waving right down near the Ferrari cars. And even Vettel was like, it was crazy. I almost hit those people. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was good. And I can't believe that happened in Australia because we are overprotective too much, I think. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. This, um, If someone was to get hurt, it'd be the end of the world. But... Yeah, I think it's something we over-control, and it, it was good to see a bit of passion. It was Everyone crazy. surged out there. It was good. It was like seeing the 60s, but in HD. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. lots of racing, lots yeah, of Yeah, well, there was plenty of happened. stuff happened over the weekend with, uh, mm. with the Formula 1 especially. Um, it was a pretty good race and pretty good, interesting qualifying. It went on it forever. Was. It went on forever. So, qualifying in the rain. We were actually at a friend's um, birthday. And we were like, oh, Formula One's on. Just chuck that on the TV. So, you know, the night had sort of started to quiet down because we're old folks now. So by the time qualifying is on, it's like, oh, almost looking for bedtime. Um, <laughs> we chucked it on and we got stuck at 3 minutes 33. Uh, or 13, 13 minutes 33, 30. sorry. Um, which after confused the red flag. Them. Yeah, after the red flag after Grosjean crashed out, which confused a lot of the people who were watching Formula One with because they thought that was the that time. Was the time <laughs> and they're going... Oh, you know, safety car will go back on the track at 1500. They're like, that's an hour and a half away. Yeah, like, yeah. no, no, that's how much long's left in the qualifying. Um, I, to be honest, I didn't get to watch qualifying until the Sunday when it was replayed on TV because I thought it had got rained out. I come home, checked it, still waiting. And by that stage, I'd given up. We had a I, few, um, committed, few drinks. And, I committed yeah. hard and I, I, I waited it out and watched it all. Yep. Um, God, it got a bit tedious. They were doing anything just to stay on air, I think. <laughs> like, oh, they've done that before. Like, when they rained out at Silverstone, 
Yep. It was like, oh, come on, guys, just cut to another show. Do what the cricket does. When it gets rained out, go to like Roger. Roger Ramjet. Roger Ramjet. That's the one. There you go. It's <laughs> a blast from the past, isn't it? Um, look, it was. Um, it look. It, I don't mind. They did a pretty good job. I still think Ted and Crofty don't see eye to eye, and I think it kind of highlighted a bit of that in a little bit of the the stuff that was going on in between the 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 sessions where they were trying to get fill blank air, basically. Yeah, yeah. Where they got um, just trying to make up their own stuff to talk about. Yeah, but uh, and Ted's quite good at that. He's um, knows a lot of people in the paddock, and he can he obviously does a few. Ted's good. Interviews. I would, I would be all for Ted coming up. And doing the main commentary and Crofty. I could thought just... about the same thing as well. I'm like, Ted and Martin are by far my two f- favorite mm-hmm. uh, presenters, but um, I kind of feel like we might lose something from Ted if he was in the commentary box. Ted's really good in the pit lane. He's more and technically savvy I think he probably knows a lot more of the teams. Yeah. And they're used to him, and so he can get a bit more information out of them. Yeah. Mind you, then how much information do you reckon they can talk out of them when during a race where you know they're probably just going to their media manager or whatever and they're giving a, here's our pamphlet, this is the issues we're currently having? I think Ted probably touches base with the media person and the media. I think there's probably a lot of liaising uh, that we don't see. Mm. You know, this person touches base with that person. He goes and sees what the team boss says and then they speak to a media advisor from the team and work out what they're going to tell the media and then it pops out. But I think Ted also is pretty good at making observations. He'll be standing in pit lane or, or behind pit lane and he'll be watching what's happening. Okay, they're, you know, they're pulling out another front wing or they're, yeah, uh, they're, yeah. they've got a drama with this. They're bringing that over. I see a spare steering wheel coming over. They must have fault. You know, he's pr- very spot on with that sort of stuff. Yep. So, yeah, I, he I think let, he does a pretty good job at it. He hasn't let us down, so I trust him. See, in supercars, I don't trust anything Greg Rust says. No, no. Greg Rust, I think, is probably in the wrong position. Yeah, he's not a very good roaming reporter. Yeah, I think... I, like, I don't mind Murphy. Rust, yeah, Murphy's... See, Murphy's Murphy knows there, everyone. Yeah, I think Rusty's probably better as a, a commentator than he is as a... As a uh, pit lane commentator and I, yeah. I feel like maybe it's not the best position for him he does all right in the super twos yeah i think he's well he's a he's done a lot of commentating in his life mm-hmm. let's be honest here he's he's not exactly a, he's not a novice at it yeah so um but yeah i think he's definitely good at it i think he's very good with super twos he t- i think he must touch base with them a lot um because he he knows a lot of stuff that the the normal person wouldn't know, and he's probably trying to just build up a good rapport with the younger drivers coming up. So in a couple of years' time, when he's going doing his pit reporting, he <laughs> yeah. can know that he knows all the teams, he knows all the drivers, and they've got a good relationship with him. Where he's now jumped into it because he hasn't done it in a long time with the main game, and a lot of the guys are probably like, "Who are you? I don't oh, know you." I, I mean, they know him, but you know. I think yeah, I think you're 100 percent right. I think that's um that's very true. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. That's why we try and target the Dunlop drivers to interview here. Yeah. Which yeah. we haven't done a lot. It's yeah, I know. We need to hit one up and uh, get another one on. Maybe maybe we'll look after Sandown. After Sandown? Yeah, we'll see how they go. A few of the, the development drivers that will be obviously uh, doing a um, enduro drive with uh, with a few oh, of them. That's, so that's we'll a big see call. If we can we'll see what well, we can do. Well, see if I not, can see anything. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what we can do. This is nothing set in stone. But yeah. you know, if we we'll can get a hold it. of any of them, we will. All right, anyway, back to the Formula One. 
uh, qualifying. Qualifying. What? Uh, I guess we should just jump straight into Great it. Great weather for ducks. Yeah, yeah. What a shocking qualifying it was. Obviously, we had a the Q one started on time. We had a a problem with such a Hass deciding it didn't want to go in a straight line down the straight. Aquaplane hit two walls and they called. Yeah, they called the session, sent the safety car out. The safety car deemed it to have too much standing water on track. Then there was a couple hour break. Then we got into qualifying again, which was I I thought was quite good. I I was glad they kind of did it. It's one of those ones where, and like they say all the time in, in commentary, the best way to drive the track is get the cars out there, but there's no way in qualifying to be like, look, we're giving you guys 10 minutes of extra free time. Just drive the track. Like, yeah, and that's, that's exactly That's what they right. need to do. Here's some more fuel. Here's another set of intermediate, oh, full wets. Go out, drive the track for 20 minutes. Turn all your data logging off. Yeah, I, I Or agree. even then, go out, do whatever you want. But the best way to drive the track is to get the cars on it because they disperse so much water. Yeah, exactly. So it was... Um, a bit of a catch-22. They needed to get out there to dry it. They couldn't get out there because it was too dangerous in a straight line. They were they were scared that they were going to have another big accident. So Also, very very high-speed track, Monza. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't envy poor Grosjean's. Uh, he was just a passenger as he was oh, going down the I straight. I don't think there was much he could do to help that. Yeah. Like. So, but then there was a lot of criticism from the teams as well. Um they were saying, well, it's just Grosjean crashing again. Who cares? Like, that's inevitable. Yeah, but that like, wasn't Whoa. like a... That didn't really look too much like a driver error crash. More of, you know... Yeah. There's only yeah. so much you can do with that much water. He obviously doesn't have a lot of love. Maybe he's, maybe he's pissed a few too many people off. He's, he had a lot... I don't think he burnt that many bridges. Well, he was a pretty reckless driver when he was younger. Yeah, but I when think he he's proved himself now in the last few or four seasons. Or yeah, I think seasons. sometimes people have long memories, and um, I think that's affected his relationship with some of these bigger teams that are now calling him a winger and such. Yeah, I can't see him ever moving up from Haas. No, I don't see him going to Ferrari. I don't. Well, Red Bull don't do don't that. Yeah, um, Mercedes will not take him. Toto Wolff does not like him. No. So he's got Force India. I don't see them taking him. I don't think he fits. Um, I mean, he's got a couple of years to worry about that. Although Force India do have a pretty rocky driver line. Yeah, they don't have the best driver line. There was a half hour episode last week was all about that. <laughs> yeah, so maybe they'll be looking for a couple of fresh drivers next year. I'm pretty sure Grosjean and Magnussen have signed, but for next yeah, year anyway. Yeah, I think they so, have. Um, that's not going to happen. But yeah, I, I just don't think he's got the best relationship with anyone anymore, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Uh, especially for him. Yeah. Because Haas is not doing that well. And there was rumors starting to come out that Haas was assessing their, uh, how much longer they're going to stay in Formula 1 if they can't succeed at um, climbing up the ladder. Buy another Ferrari. Do what you did at the start of last year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going to happen there. Um It's very hard to beat teams when you're buying technology off another team. It is. But that was the only time they were successful. Well, they've been more successful this year than they were last year. So last year they were very successful at the start because they had they had a the, brand the, new Ferrari. Yeah, they had the the current technology in their car. Mm. As the season went on, they didn't have the facilities to develop the technology, and they didn't go anywhere. Where this year they're developing a lot more of their own gear, and it's been a work in progress. They didn't start as good as they were last year. Obviously, they. They needed to develop, and and they didn't have any of that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Haas are doing that bad. And if no, they they're, th- they're in that tight 
They're in the type four. mid-pack. Like, yeah. they're in that group where you only need to get a good couple of results and that can propel you up that list. Well, that's but, exactly I mean, they've got to... What they must be aiming for fourth. Fourth to fifth is what their target must well, oh, be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, I think that whole group, fourth is their target. They know they can't beat Red Bull. Not this year. Maybe that, that can be a name for another year. But this year, I think Red Bull's too dominant for them. Uh, especially because Red Bull seems to be getting stronger and stronger. So they, they, they're they all having... And there's too much of a points gap already. Yeah, but yeah. They're all battling, and it's quite a good little group. To be honest, the top... Very interesting. Yeah, you you kind of want to watch the front. Forget about Red Bull at the moment. Maybe Singapore could be something different, but forget about Red Bull for the moment and watch that middle pack because every race meeting, it seems to be changing around. Mm. You know, will Force India take themselves out? Will (laughs) Haas get up in there and finish a race? You don't know what's going to happen. And and that could quite quickly change. You know, a couple of DNFs and a a, a couple of good results for them, and we could have a totally different uh, drivers and team championship for that middle group. Just having a quick look at the... Yeah, so actually it's not that close, JD. Isn't it? No, I just brought up the 2007 Constructors Championship or Constructors Standings. Yeah, Mercedes see, on 433, uh, 35. And in that. Yeah, so Red Bull's Force pretty India, much... Force got, India not included in that. <laughs> Red Bull ha- are locked in third at 212, 212 points. Force India fourth. Uh, you'd say fourth in- Force India has locked in fourth position they've got 113 points yeah they they are looking quite strong now so that that's actually quite true force india is probably broken away from the pack now uh and it's really now it's that it's the battle for williams toro rosso Haas, and renault renault yeah. are starting to strengthen so Haas has need to bring some some uh some new gear or or get it all working uh for the next few tracks because renault is definitely looking like a much stronger chassis Renault's um, performing quite well. Oh, I, I agree. I think they're doing quite well. They're, they've really progressed as the years gone on. They've sort of been a bit like Red Bull. Mm. Started pretty mediocre. They took a little bit longer than Red Bull to get up on their feet running. Do you think running, Red Bull produced a better car and now as Renault's developed the engine a bit more, it's they're all starting to work out? And that's why Red Bull could have been a bit stronger at the start of the year because they've got a bit more brains behind their development. Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't think Renault's really done too much to the engine this year, but that's the thing. I think they did, they've been working predominantly on the reliability, yep. and there's not been that much more performance come to Red Bull and Renault. Well, much as reliability, both Red Bulls had new engines and everything this weekend. Yeah, they took that as a strategic option, but because they already had uh, basically knew that they're not going to make it to the end of the year. They knew Monza was not going to be a good track. Realistically, Monza, they, they, this is their words exactly as well. Monza's their worst track of the year. Yeah. Um, Force for, not bad for your worst track, <laughs> Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. We'll get into that a bit later. But yeah, that that was a uh, a pretty good result for Daniel. But um, they they didn't expect to have that pace. They had pace all weekend. Yeah. Well, the two days that I watched it. Yeah, yeah, they did. They were pretty good. So... But um, it, it is it's looking good. The, ch- the championship's starting to hot up a little bit. So in qualifying, it's not. We don't have too much else to talk about. I mean, oh, the Red I've, Bulls. The big thing I've got okay, from qualifying yep. is Lance Stroll. Yes. What a performance in the wet! It basically um, outperformed Felipe as well. 
in the same car by quite a margin. It was it was he an did. absolutely stellar effort from him. And with the obviously Red Bulls both getting penalties for their engines and turbos and whatever else they took. Whatever they ask and put yeah, on the car. Um, so. that, that was absolutely a stellar effort from him. Him up into the uh, on the first row there. Oh, yeah. Lance Stroll, you've got to be proud of that. And Esteban Ocon, he did really well. And both those drivers really took that opportunity starting early. Like, starting at the front of the grid, that's, that's, they knew that that's the best time they've got to perform. Yeah, Unfortunately, yeah. you got Hamilton in the car right next to you, and he's like almost untouchable. Yeah, right? and Stroll basically, I think, kind of got a little bit foxed by Hamilton, sort of come across. His nose was a bit close to Hamilton, lifted. Mm. This is in the race, mind you, not the qualifying, but it kind of put him back a little bit, so he didn't quite get to make the most of that, that start. Yeah. Because I think he had more pace than Ocon in the race, but we'll get into that yeah, later. Yeah. Um, I was, How many penalties? Oh, that's what I was about to talk about. But I was going to say, I was actually really impressed with Red Bull. Second and third, they almost looked like getting pole outright, like their fastest times outright, and then, you know, be ducked down. It was good to see Hamilton actually get pole and then take the record now, because last round he equaled it. And yeah. now he actually has the record for most number of poles, 69, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yep. yeah, I mean, hats off to Hamilton. He's... He's looking strong at the moment. I mean, thinking to, on this weekend when we're watching the race, I was like, damn, I think Hamilton's got this. Championship? Or? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I just, I think I don't know what he's done during the summer break. I think it will be interesting to see. We've just been to two tracks that don't necessarily suit the Ferrari. I know. I could be jumping ship pretty early. I'm um, one of those rats that likes well, to get off yeah, a sinking ship. Yeah, but Ferrari had a lot of dramas at this track. They should have been Ferrari closer were than pretty horrible, were. this track, to be honest. They didn't seem to be able to turn their tires on. So that's not necessarily 100% the layout of this track's fault. That's come down to whatever they're Cast doing with the car up. is yeah. not working. So that could carry on to other tracks that maybe suit the Ferrari more, but they can't get the tires turned on. It's it's similar problem Mercedes had at the start of the year. Yeah. Ferraris were better in general just because they turned the, the tires, tires on, on early. and they could get them to work. Mm. Um, when Mercedes could get the tires to work, they were a very, very fast car, but they had dramas. So they've really got to go back, be self-critical and self-analyze what went wrong. Work out where these issues are and trying to fix it. Because they went from one week being at a track, so Spa, where they weren't expecting to be as close as they were to Mercedes, and everyone was saying oh, Ferrari's going to win the championship. Monza, yep. Oh, everyone oh. was basically just saying, you know, the championship's done now because this is one of the most Mercedes dominant tracks that we're going to go to, apart from Monza. That if they can be right up Hamilton, and let's face it, he oh, had more were, race pace. Yes, they the Ferraris and, and looked very quick in Spa. Yeah, and they were, everyone was just going, well, the championship's going to be over because if they can be this close at the tracks where uh, it doesn't suit them, what are they going to be like at the tracks where it suits them? So, you know, we've got a, I can think, couple-week break now before we, we got, get yeah, to Singapore. Yeah, one weekend and then we got Singapore next weekend. Yeah. Just enough for me to consider booking flights. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's going to be a big one and um, looking forward to it because that's going to be the real tell whether Ferrari will bounce back and this tyre, not turning the tyres on thing and get their pace back. Mm -hmm. um, they definitely seem to be a little bit down on power since Mercedes has released their new motor. Oh, yeah, that new motor that's all of a sudden just leagues ahead. Did you see in the race, 
like Bottas just breeze by um, Williams. Yeah. And you're like, that's the same motor. I'm doing this with little quotations here. Yeah, so that motor is slightly different. It was only upgrade. slightly different. Yeah, and just they, just small upgrades. I what I found was quite. Look, I know they all do it for reasons, but uh, the the engine was not ready for any of the customer teams for this meeting. Of course not. It was not ready, so none of the customers could have it for this meeting. Would have been interesting though, because if you could have had Williams and Force India both with the new cars, their starting grid positions would have put a lot of pressure on the other Mercedes. Yeah, and Ferrari and and Red Bull. I I feel like Hamilton and and Bottas seem to have a, a slight straight line, and I don't think it was downforce. I think it was power advantage over everybody that they um. They made it look a bit easy when they were passing people and stuff like that. So it might have made it a little bit harder mm. for, uh, say, um, Daniel Ricciardo to come past some of these, you know, Esteban and, and, and Lance. All right. That's enough qualifying. Uh, okay, grid penalties. What yes. shambles was that this weekend? The fact what? that Carlos Saints started one grid position higher than he qualified and he got a 10-pit spot penalty. How many grid place penalties were there this weekend? Like too many. I, I want I, I don't actually Ricardo have a list got of the cars. twenty grid place penalties, right? Qualified started second 16. and started sixteenth. Yeah, because that it, he should definitely have started twenty second. <laughs> yeah, the only person <laughs> that actually finished last was Grosjean because he crashed out. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, he might have got a bit more of an advantage if he changed some engines and stuff and got some of these crazy weird penalties. Yeah, it was an absolute shambles. Some like, of the teams are, um, people are going, oh, you know, all these penalties and stuff, they're ruining the sport. And then everyone, some other people are going, well, it's exactly what you guys wanted. You wanted to mix up the grid. You wanted some crazy races. You wanted people starting well out of position. Well, did you watch the grid walk when he approached um, uh, John, John Todd? Todd? Yeah. I was actually not super impressed with that grid walk. And I think Martin knew that too. Not that he knew that I wasn't impressed with it. Um, <laughs> I think he knew that it wasn't the greatest one because he sort of talked to one bloke for so long and was like, oh shit, by the time he wanted to talk to all the drivers, they're all gone. And there was yeah, just a lot of... Yeah, it was a of... bit of a weird one, I think, as well. Some of the drivers were late to the grid. Like I've seen the the anthem had already been called and I think started and Seb was running. Mm. Well, no, he wasn't even running. He was walking fast. To yep. get to the front. But so Zeb walking fast there. is a lot faster than us walking fast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was quite interesting. And I know, just like, Martin's doing his job, and so is, and Sean Todd is doing his job as well. But it, fe- it feels like there's a bit of arrogancy coming from the FIA there. He was but, like, if you've got ideas, we'll sit down, we'll talk about it, we'll work it out. Yeah, he's like, we. the only reason we've got these penalties is because everyone asked for them. And I agree with him. Yep. I remember eight years ago or something, everyone was complaining about McLaren, uh, Ferrari, uh, and Red Bull. Basically, new gearbox every meeting, new this, new well, this everything was, was new every meeting. And the, the small teams couldn't afford it. Yeah, well, exactly right. Like um, something I was reading on Reddit this morning where they're going, if you wanted, if you didn't want engine penalties and you go, oh, well, this is stupid, it's ruining racing, you know, let them use the engines and stuff. You're going to get the likes of Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari. Um, 
I don't think Honda because I just don't think the engines would last. But well, let's be honest, they're putting them in every meeting anyway. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so they're like, who cares? We're doing this. That um, good engine does get, two meetings for Honda. You're going to get them putting new engines in at the max power. Basically, they're going to set it to God speed. Boom, done. And it doesn't matter. It's only got to last around this track, what, 53 laps. And who cares if it blows up on the cooldown lap? Yeah, I agree. And that will ruin all the other teams because no, they cannot afford to put new engines in every race. I think what Martin said was very uh, true. Take penalty points from the Constructors' yep. Championship. Penalty points or a financial, a financial uh, a cost to the team. But and and what he did say is, don't use that as an FIA fundraiser. Like let's give that to charity or give let's it give to it to some low teams like, know, or give it to like developing junior drivers or something like that. So, you know, say Mercedes want to put a new engine every meeting. Well, it's going to cost them an extra million pounds a meeting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's something like... to help. Uh, and they, they probably still would, but how many engines has Sauber been through this season? I'm not They're sure. They're probably still on their first. Because they're like, just make it work. We can afford well, it. We cannot afford a, a new year one. Year old Ferrari motor as well. So it probably did all last season down, too. They're down on power um, mm. a fair bit. I no, they've had a couple of failures. Sauber, I think, as well. So yeah. it hasn't been the best outing for them this year. All right, we should probably dig in. We should dig into <laughs> the race. Oh. All right. Um. So the race. Yep. What do you want? Oh well, let's talk about. Okay, off the start. All right. Hamilton easily cleared Stroll. Yeah. Coming into turn one, do you think Stroll was very timid? I think he was. I think he was almost timid a lot of the race. In I, I agree. One. I agree. I think he's still finding his feet in Formula One. I, was I feel like, like he, he's not. He's not. I was excited for him starting hard. that early, right? And to watch Ocon just be so aggressive in what I wanted. I wanted Stroll. I thought Stroll and Ocon were going to be really aggressive at the start. Because I thought they're going to be fighting over the positions. But Ocon was so aggressive, he sort of just outmaneuvered Stroll into turn one. And then the rest of the race was... I think Stroll got foxed by Hamilton when Hamilton moved across him. He had to lift out of the throttle. Yeah, which and then, then I gave think that Ocon a good run. Yeah, it would have exaggerated the run that Ocon had. Yeah, but I definitely... Th I agree with you. I think... But I definitely think Ocon is um, at a different place in his career to Stroll. Stroll from this race, like stellar qualifying, but also, set a record. Yeah, all he was trying to do is finish as high as possible. Yeah, Ocon was trying to finish in second. Yeah, not going to happen. But he was trying to finish in second. So there was a difference there. I think in in the two in the two's approach, you can definitely see that Lance was a little bit timid, less experienced. In higher categories like Stroll, uh, like Ocon, Ocon has, yeah. So because I mean, Ocon's a seasoned veteran now, he's had like half a oh, season. Oh, I just meant from GP two and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. But yeah, so that that was that was quite interesting. I thought Bottas' uh, pass on Kimi was quite a big turning point at the start. There as was, well, it was very assertive. It yeah. was just boom, I've got past you. I'm going. See you later. And he's, he become the rear gunner instantly from the Ferraris and it was a very forceful move and I, I thought that was quite good from Bottas. For Bottas's position to try and keep his job at Mercedes, he's doing a great job. Yeah, I I don't see him going anywhere. No, and he's developing as a pretty good driver. I'm like, Hamilton is, I mean, because the thing is now Mercedes 
haven't really had engine failures at all this No, they've year. had a fairly well reliable car. A few little pro- hiccups here and there, but, but fairly reliable compared to last year. Yeah, I don't think he's had any DNFs or anything. So, you know, maybe in a, next year or something, if the cars aren't as great, Valtteri can just have a good run with cars. Who knows? What was your view? Sorry to jump on oh, the next right. topic. Just what was your view on Max and Massa's little uh, coming together, turn one, turn two? Massa was driving very aggressive all weekend, all race. I was like, oh, what the hell is his problem? Like, is he like, shit, this young kid's got bloody front row grid and <laughs> I'm back here and now... He's having... acting like a pissed off teenager. Yeah, because <laughs> he was just... At turn one into on the starting lap, Massa's on the dirt. Like, granted, yeah, there was a happened? whole heap of field, like three Everyone cars. Everyone sort of spread out. Yeah. Everyone spread him. out and just pushed him wide. He just had to go out on the grass. It was sort of just like, okay. And I mean, he did a great job to get that turned in and get around. Yeah, um, yeah. But then I think that slowed him down a bit. And that's why he caught up with um, Verstappen. And Verstappen's doing his usual, trying to get past as many people on the opening lap. As soon as I saw them hit, I saw that tire. And when they're watching the onboard, you can see that tire just start to wobble. And then let go. And I was like, yeah, well, he's done. And I don't know. It was sort of a bit of a racing incident. as cause everyone Well, it sort seems of that everyone's not of that opinion. So everyone seems to be taking the opinion of that Max needs to learn when to back out. No penalty got handed out for no, that. No, no. FIA seen it as a racing incident. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, on, I'm with the FIA. Yeah, um... And I think everyone's a little bit with the FIA saying, look, they both didn't give each other enough room. But everyone's, I think, of the opinion of if you're going to win a world championship, you've got to learn when to fight your battles. Max is showing that he might not be able to win a world championship at his current state. Yeah. Not with his current mindset. I think it was a little over-aggressive. I've got to agree with Martin and stuff on that one. I can't remember who else. I think there was quite a few that had the same opinion. Mm-hmm. Basically that maybe he should have, you know, fallen back in. He he was not going to pass him there going up to the second apex on or the first apex on turn two. Uh, it wasn't going to happen. But he kept his nose there anyway. And it just caused that sort of drama. What, what ended up happening was... He was just trying to force a move that wasn't going to happen anyway. So it was a little over-aggressive. Mm-hmm. And I kind of agree with him on that. He's kind of started to show a little bit of a trait of doing these sorts of moves. And I understand what maybe he's got the opinion of if he keeps doing these moves, people will understand. We'll get out of the way. Yeah, 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 exactly. And Massa, I don't think, is about to get bullied out of the way. No, so I Massa's think he does probably that got what? This, this Will Massa renounce his retirement again this year? Well, it depends if there's someone to take his seat or not. So last year, with the the Massa didn't want to retire. No, last year he left to get Stroll in. Yeah, and also his, his sponsor was going, you know, pulling. we've done 20 years of you. Well, I think there was a few legal battles. I don't mm. know enough about it to really comment, but I think there was a few legal battles back home in uh, his homeland, and they they had some issues with funds and whatnot. And anyway, he w- he lost his seat, essentially. Yeah, yeah. A rich kid come in, took his seat. Yep. Nothing against Stroll. I think he's done a great job so far. He's really starting to mature. And when you listen to him in the interviews, I actually quite like the kid. Did you hear the interview um, he did in, Fran- in French? 
no. did a small interview in French, and then he basically said in France, French, Ocon fucked my race. And then the commentator's like, you can't say that on TV. And he's like, oh, pardon my French, it's not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... Wow, that's that's a good one. Mm. But was yeah, that, that from Spa? No, no, that was in that was in the pit, um, in the pits from Monza. Wow, the after thing. Uh, if I can find the video, I mean, it's it's not that interesting when you watch the video because they were speaking French, and I don't know, I didn't notice he swore in French until I read the comments when someone actually uh, translated the whole conversation. There you go. It's like, ah, oh, okay, fair enough. Amazing. There you go. Uh, yeah, you might need to brush up on that a little bit. That's yeah, kind of yeah. Upon it in interviews. The start, once again, we're still on the start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all right. Ricardo, Grosjean, you know how they all got a little bit three-wide. Yeah. Grosjean on the... Yeah, Grosjean... Just uh, got right. a little messy, didn't it? Did Ricardo just not get off the line great? Because no, he seemed he, to got he bogged down. He didn't get off the line great. And then when he got down there, he sort of got pinned in the middle of two cars and they managed to get through all right, but then I think Grosjean got a little hungry once again. This is, might be one of the reasons. Everyone hates Grosjean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, he got a little hungry, uh, tried to make it three wide around turn two, and it they all just sort of got tangled up. I thought it was a racing incident myself. Yeah, that's... I, I didn't... Th- yeah, going into those... The first couple of laps when all the cars are bunched up, especially going to turn one and two at Monza, is like, you're going to touch. Yeah. You're going to probably lose some end plates or whatever. Um, I was really surprised at Verstappen's start because he got up to like eighth really early. And yeah. then I saw, yeah, when Ricardo's was so far down, I was like, oh, God. All right. Yep. The Australians just, you know, I don't know what is with Australian supporters, but I find every time my Australian guy's so far down, I'm like, he's never coming back. <laughs> but Ricardo showed that he can come back. He did a great job, yeah. Um. Yeah, my thought, uh, just jumping back to Max, I think Max just did that all to himself. That was my opinion of yeah. the race. He ruined his own race. Yeah, he's getting hungry. And I, I don't blame him for the amount of DNFs poor Max has had. Mm. Nothing against, you know, I'm saying poor Max, you know. Poor he's Max. a kid that's, what, 19 and Formula 1 that got fast-tracked there when he probably hadn't earned his wings there yet and then got pushed up into a major team well yeah, before f- the likes of Ocon and, and a lot of these other younger drivers. Nothing against Max, mm. but that's that's essentially what's happened. Everyone's seen him as a star, kind of jumped him a few. Yeah, a, a gave, few, him, gave him a few free kicks and, yeah. you know, there you go. So, um, but yeah, he's getting very frustrated with what's happening at Red Bull and I don't blame him. Yeah, but I think he's just going to have to harden up, Princess, and just get through this season. I think he's got to remember he's 19 and... Uh, he's got plenty more years in it. He could still be raced for 20 years and still not be as old as... Lounsey. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say a Formula 1 driver that's 40. <laughs> well, how old's Massa? Uh, 38, I'm going to go. Maybe 39. 36. My God. He's not as old as I thought. He's hey, six years Kimi old. Kimi Raikkonen's older. Yeah. <laughs> so Kimi Raikkonen, he must be the oldest one in... The, the oldest driver in Formula 1. There you go. Yeah. So Kimi Raikkonen's 37. So even, you know, Max has still got another 15 years. Yep. Easy. 
Yep. So he's he's very frustrated, but it'll it'll come. It'll come. It will come. So can we talk about Ricardo and his fantastic driving, or do you have any other little points you want to talk about? Oh, I've got about twenty thousand of them from this race. It was a pretty exciting race. It was a really good race. Um, if ignoring the fact that Hamilton just pulled out this ridiculous lead. Oh uh, yeah, we got to. I think we got to ignore the whole Mercedes dominance from this race, and maybe we should just touch on that. Mercedes were Mercedes dominant. was super dominant, and this is why I'm like, yeah, Mercedes. No, I'm they not, had their engines turned down from what half race, like lap two. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was pretty. It was a they reminder. Said that in the cool down room. Uh, uh, Vettel approached Hamilton. Was like, you had your engines on cool down. He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, about halfway. He's like, don't want to blow an engine. Yeah. Don't want to. Don't want to have to change the oil burn rate. <laughs> yeah, well, that's exactly right. A few stellar moves from Daniel Ricciardo. Amazing. Let's it. get into it. Yeah. So he has that. Well, to be honest, my correspondence with you during the race were all about Ricciardo. If it yeah. was his two point two second pit stop, which I described as slick. Yes, you did. I remember seeing Slick and going, wow, that's different from Michael. That's a n- was, new, is it adjective? Yeah, you, you, yeah. Your mother's a teacher. <laughs> she's not a teacher anymore. She's a real estate person. <laughs> yeah. Teaching paid dick. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they pay dick. <laughs> we'll cut that bit out. <laughs> anyway, uh, slick, slick. Slick, very yeah. slick, yes. Um, it was very slick. Ricardo's pass on the Force India was super aggressive, but amazing. Not overly aggressive that it was going to damage any car, but it looked great. Yeah, well, my notes just said Daniel Ricardo on Perez. Wow. Exactly, <laughs> right? Just one side straight across to the other. This is a carbon copy of what he did in, you said, 2014? I think, or it, yeah, to 15? Oh, no, no, that's the one. So, th- th- this is what it is. It's very confusing with uh, with when he does so many good overtakes in one meeting. But, no, the one I was previously talking about was the, the overtake on Kimi was yeah, yep. a carbon copy of the um, overtake he did on Bottas. another Finn, Bottas, yeah, yep. in 2014. That was an unbelievable pass as well. There's a good video on YouTube that... Uh, Formula One has posted up and it's basically Daniel Ricciardo's masterclass or Ricciardo's Monza masterclass and it is fantastic. I will link that in the show notes so everyone go check that out. Um, His dives up into turn one. He's so confident under brakes. It's not funny. He breaks so late. That one that he did on um, Kimi, even Brundle was like, I didn't think he was close enough yet. Well, what he said, that's not even a passing opportunity, and he yeah, did it cleanly. Like, he may have locked the front a little bit, but, you know, that tire's fine. He didn't damage that tire at all. No, it was, it was it very... It rotated a little bit as he went through, so... And it was at the very end of the stop, so the, the road speed was down. Yep. Um, yeah, he just... Too, oh, look, there's so many Daniel Ricciardo references in my notes that it's ridiculous. Um, 16th to 4th. Yeah. Just an absolutely stellar effort. It just was unbelievable. Um, oh, and he was I, also super fast in the speed trap. Yeah, he was. He was getting some really good toes uh, down the main straight. So did a great, great job there as well. Um, obviously, Red Bull managed to dial enough 
Aero out of the car to still give him good confidence under brakes. And did he set the fastest lap? He was uh, setting him lap after lap there for a little bit. Um, Dana Ricciardo set the fastest lap there at you go. a 1 minute 23.361 with an average speed of 250. I assume that's kilometers. Oh yeah, one would say so. Probably not, not miles. Miles. <laughs> uh, yeah, two hundred and fifty point one seven four on lap forty nine. And Hamilton tried to do it. He At tried to do a faster lap on lap fifty, and he didn't. Yeah, he didn't quite get there. The Red Bulls were very, they did actually have genuine pace this weekend. I know. I'm looking at this going. Could you imagine if Red Bull qu- didn't get the engine penalties? Oh yeah, they were the ones that were gonna. And and this is what everyone's lamenting is. They were the ones that were going to take it to Mercedes this weekend, not Ferrari. Yeah. Unbelievable that. Like, I never well, expect Sebastian's Red Bull to do great at Monza. No, it's not really it's their, not their track. Because their cars are always not... They're always down on power. Yeah, they have been for many years. The one thing I, I did take from the... Did you notice that Kimi didn't let Sebastian through for a couple of laps when he got right up behind him and yep. Sebastian tried to pass him and Kimi actually battled him? Yeah. There was a point there where I think Kimi thought he was going to get let through, and then I oh know that sorry, Vettel thought he was going to get let through, and Kimi didn't let him. Yeah, it was a it, bit odd. It was a little bit odd. Uh, Honda having engine problems, Palmer having engine problems, obviously. Um, Palmer just having problems. Normal, yeah. The Verstappen Magnussen thing. Have we covered that yet? I can't remember. Yeah, really. we, we talked about. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, no. No, we didn't talk about that. We talked about Verstappen and Massa. Verstappen and Magnussen, I just think that Magnussen wasn't up far enough. Yeah, well, Verstappen had that much pace on him. He fully cleared him as he pulled across. I don't know if Magnussen thought his nose cone was another foot, two foot longer, or maybe when he pulled across, he sucked the air off his car, but he shat himself. Mm-hmm. He was not expecting it. He wasn't expecting it. And then ranted and raved on the uh, on the radio for the next. Oh, for the next. Five uh, he wasn't minutes. the worst. The worst Four person that laps. was whinging was Alonso. Oh, he's getting bad, isn't he? I was he? telling him to get over it. Yeah, the the Palmer Alonso incident was a minor one. Oh, not in Alonso's eyes. I think Alonso's just got some build up frustration, and this weekend Palmer got the full brute. Yeah, look, I, I don't think Alonso is known for being very calm and level-headed and and all that. Uh, but, yeah, it was a little over the top by the end of it. Um, I was sort of of the opinion that he should probably be quiet about the whole situation. And the well. whole thing when he's like, ah, oh, Palmer better get a penalty. And, like, Palmer has retired. Ah, karma. karma. It's like, ugh. The, towards the end of the race, I really liked... The Ocon, Stroll, Massa, and Perez. That was, a good, that was a good battle. Everyone stayed clean. It was a, it. It brought another element to the race because we obviously started, other than Daniel coming through and Max at the end there as well was coming. Max through picked the up the pace. He ended up finishing tenth, so he did get some points. Um, that was that was pretty good. Uh, Sebastian did a pretty good damage limitation from his qualifying through to the race. He. And he that had, was pretty good to get back to third from seventh, I think. He had issues seventh, with the car or something? He ran off the track and did something? Yeah, it was pulling um, one way. So he said he had a lack of confidence under brakes, so he was he a little worried. He have excuses when he doesn't win. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think maybe 
that's just proof that they're pushing the cars very much to the limit. Mm. Um, maybe a little bit of weight here and there, making everything as thin as possible and stuff like that. Maybe he managed to bend something literally by just going off the track onto a rough surface or dropping off a curb or something like that. So, uh, yeah, that that was interesting. That's about all I've got in my notes. Yeah, for the race, apart from Daniel Ricciardo being stuff. fantastic and Alon- uh, Hamilton driving off, there was a lot of good little midfield battles. It was it was one of those races where there was a, a bit better. It had a lot of stuff going on mm. through the whole race. It wasn't a sit there, watch the first five laps. Why to get a cup of coffee? Oh, this one here laps. was towards the end. I was like, I have to stay awake through this. Yeah. I like I think I had a cup of co- I made a coffee at lap 40. And I'm looking at the time going not the time for a coffee, but you know, <laughs> anyway. Um it was a great race. The edge of your seat. It really like I'm trying at the end I was like watching going, "All right, how fast is Ricardo to uh, to Vettel?" And yeah. I didn't think he was going to catch him, but I hoped well, the only, I, the only thing that had in my head was, will Vettel's tires go off? Yeah, because and then he will. Will um, I was also Ricardo about, right, Ricardo's tires, like because Ricardo was running the super soft, so he did a couple of laps less on the tires, but still, you get to that point hard. where both those tires sort of even out, and it doesn't matter if you've got an old set of softs or a, in you know an old set of super softs that are a couple of laps younger. They're both just as cactus towards yeah, the end yeah, of the race. Yeah, I agree. I was worried that he was going to run out of tyres with the rate he was pushing uh, when he was gaining a second a lap or more. Well, I think he almost had a free pit stop over Kimi. He had 20 seconds over Kimi. Yeah, it's a big effort um, for his last stint. Hamilton is now leading the championship. Yeah, Vettel still never lost a championship that he's led in. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you uh, you changed your mind again. You were I know, just... I know, I know. I don't know. <laughs> I um, I'm a confused man, JD. I'm very confused. Let's see how we go after Singapore. Before what, I jump ship again, <laughs> let's see what hat I purchase after Singapore. Okay, well, I think we will have a very. I think fast I'm going to have two Ferrari. hats. <laughs> Uh, I think Red Bull will be in the battle as well, and I think we'll have quite a tight race in Singapore. I'm actually really looking forward to it. I think the top three teams are going to be quite close on their times. Oh, yeah. I think it's the track that's going to least suit the Mercedes longer wheelbase because uh, it's not very flowing. It's very stop-start. Very right it's, angles everywhere. Yeah, it's a road track, so tyres and stuff like that could be interesting as well. You've um, been there. Does Singapore Grand Prix sell out? Uh, like, the is year it too we late went, if I decide I want to go to no, the Grand No, I don't Prix? think it sells out everywhere because there's freestanding places as well. So where you, the, the, it's like most Grand Prix, I guess, the, where it's it's split into Sections. sectors. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you'd be maybe hard pressed to get a grandstand seat mm. in a position that you like now. With nine days from recording. Yeah, and it's if you've got plenty of dough, you could probably go, but. You're looking at three hundred to five hundred dollars a night for an average hotel room. Oh, I can get accommodation. That's fine. Okay. Uh, uh, tickets are probably if you want a grandstand ticket, yeah, probably, probably twelve to fifteen hundred dollars a person. 
Well, it's only me. Hey, well, <laughs> you know, he said I'm not coming. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, you can come. I just, yeah, I can't so, shut your ticket. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it can be, but there are freestanding areas and stuff like that which aren't so bad. I always see the Singapore Grand Prix. I'm like, it's it's a three hour flight. It's pretty magical Grand Prix. It it, it is. Um, it's very cool. Like the year we went, we got to stand under Daniel Ricciardo up on the on the podium. on the podium and stuff like that. You know, it is it is pretty cool. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I'd highly so suggest your, people going. Who's your tip? <sighs> this one is actually probably one of the hardest. Uh, even though they went for Vettel and he was miles off last week. Um, we won't touch on that, but <laughs> it's all right, you can be wrong. Uh, you don't have to be right cool. all the time. I think it'll be between be between Daniel, Sebastian, and Max. Yeah, that's that's a tough pig. I'm, I'm just going to go uh, Ricardo again. I was about to say, let's go Ricardo. Let's go, let's go patriotic here. Yep, Ricardo. Uh, he does. He's done well there before. He drives. He seems to be driving really well. If he can pick his qualifying up, he's having a little bit of dramas with that lately. Um, Max he was quite on pace a... this qualifying. Like he well, did uh, only in Q three, but in Q one and two, he only he was struggling quite a lot. He couldn't get his car to turn on. Mm. Um, so I don't know what they're doing with engineering and stuff like that. I I have a feeling. I don't know if it's wishful thinking, but I kind of feel like Daniel's been working this year a lot on his race pace versus Max works more on, on his, his qualifying. qualifying pace. No evidence, no evidence at all for this. Just a hunch. Just a hunch that I have a feeling of, and it seems to be paying dividends for him. Mm -hmm. So I just want to quickly touch on the podium, right? Yes. One, Monza, we said at the start of the show, fantastic podium. Unbelievable, More Formula One tracks should have a podium like that. The only issue is, this is to all our lovely Italian listeners out there, we really do appreciate you, but... Oh, they're a very rude group of um, supporters, aren't they? If it's not their man on top. Uh, yeah, look, that was a bit of a shame for all the booing. Um, I don't think Lewis probably deserved it. He didn't I know deserve there's it. He, a bit he of animosity it's not between like he knocked Vittel. Vittel or anything off the track this one. I don't think Hamilton even saw Vettel this race. Yeah. Look, it might have been when from something that happened in previous races and the Tifosi are very... Uh, Passionate. Passionate, yes. I, I've i read um, in the last couple of days that basically Hamilton's not fussed by all the booing. It was a little over the top. Uh, also with the flags, the flags on the poles are a great idea, and that's that's great. But, you know, there please be patient. There in the, in the commentating, uh, in the podium interview, we couldn't see what was going on because there's that many flags popping up. Yeah. Did you see the one that had a little basketball hoop? Put your hat here. Put your hat here with a GoPro attached to the top of it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, maybe please, could you put your hat yeah, here? <laughs> please put your hat here. Yeah. That 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 was a little over the top, but oh well. That's that's Italian for yeah, you. Italian. You know. Grazie, yeah, grazie. Yeah. That's so, all I know. Um, that was it was. Pretty amazing. I think it was uh, the the other thing actually I, I caught from the weekend was, oh yeah. Did you catch the Lewis, phone? I'm just Lewis showing. Phone. Yeah. So someone posted up on the Reddit. It's like caught the phone toss by a chance, and it's like that photo of Hamilton, and then the phone throwing up, and then Hamilton catching it. Now I'm like that, and there's your basketball. Um, yeah, yeah. There there's it is. your basketball one. 
God, do you reckon that was Hamilton's phone or someone else's? I believe it. I, I've been. I believe it was Hamilton's phone. I think it come from the pit land side of, of the grid. Um, but I'm not. I nothing to complain. It doesn't look like it was in a case. I mean, no, I don't think that's a man that I support. Like, live dangerously. Phones look stupid in cases. Leave them out of cases. But that's a very high podium too. You're like, yeah, that was almost even a th- like a getting the phone thrown up that high is a good effort. Yeah, it was pretty interesting that way. I, I, I'd not seen that before. That's a first for me. Uh, and it was pretty cool. And the only other thing I wanted to say about the podium was I've never heard a bigger cheer for third. Yeah, it's it's, it's a good real for the shame. sport to have so many people that passionate and stuff. But it was a real shame that it, I, I, well, you looked at Vettel from the weekend and he didn't look like he felt like he'd earned that spot. He was pretty no. down on himself and stuff like that. And I feel that maybe um, next year, maybe it might be a bit different. And fingers crossed we can have, not that I'm hoping for one team or another to win there, but a, a magical return of Ferrari would it's be nice while, at Monza. I think, since Ferrari's won at Monza. Yeah, it's been a very long time since Monza. So it'd be a lovely, I think there'd be riots. I think there would be, you know, days off and everything. So... <laughs> But yeah, have you got any more, or should we? No. Is that leaving Formula One behind? No, that's quick, me done. Quick three minute, three five minutes. Um, look towards to the Sandown Five Hundred, the retro yep. round. Um, a few of the cars have released their liveries. To be honest, really don't like Simona Di Silvestro's livery. Um, yeah, look, they're nothing, no, nothing too flash. I don't think any of them look that great, to be honest, so far. But there's yeah. not many out. Uh, we we'll, might post a couple up on Facebook if we get time. We've both been really busy. Yeah. So, um, if we get time, we'll we'll post them up as they come through and show you a few of them. All right. So quickly, sand down tip. Oh, predictions. Wait, you're, you're pointing at me. Do you have you've written down your predictions? You don't sit here. No, and pull no. It out I've of a got hat? predictions, and uh, then I didn't write pair, anything. And I've got pairs to watch. What were your pairs to watch? My pairs to watch. Um. Oh, look at this. He's. He's, he's got it all got lined up I've on the side here. That's, that's right. a good list. So, the which one am I looking for? Uh, Tim Blanchard, Todd Hazelwood. I want to see how they go, mainly just to see how I, Todd goes. Look, look, I'm not looking for them to win this. Uh, I don't think Tim or Todd have quite the, the experience yet. But a top 10 is a really positive thing from them from uh, such a big event. So, that would be good if they can get in the top 10. Uh, you're you're looking towards Richie Stanaway and Cam Waters. I think they should be a good little pairing. I honestly think Stanaway should probably be with um, fifty-five of Chaz Mostert. Oh, Chaz, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would make a good little pairing. Um, but we'll see how they go. Who's your pickouts? Uh, look, you can never go past a Jamie Winkup and and a Paul Dumbrell for consistency. Still both at the top of their game, very consistent. They just these these they just run so well. And the other one is obviously the Triple Eight boys all in general actually. It's hard to go past any of them. Though the pairings are very, very good. Even Lounsey and Richards is just there's so much experience in there. And when you're doing these long distance races, you can be a speed freak, but you need to be consistent and you need to know how to drive these things because five hundred K races aren't done flat foot the whole race yeah yeah you've got to manage tires you've got to manage manage sectors you've got to manage fuel burn it's 
it, yeah, you got to drive to a number a lot, and I think that's something Lowndes and Stephen Richards is uh, very good at. Um, and obviously, we got Matt Campbell coming back from Europe, which is going to be great to see him back in yeah, Australia. Yeah, he was racing at the um, Super Cup, the Porsche Super Cup, Porsche Super Cup on the weekend, I believe. They were at Monza. Um, he's been doing a great, great job over there. Really, really stellar effort. So. Um, that's been uh, good to watch, and I, I can't wait to see how he, he goes back in a supercar again. Um, yep. Uh, Campbell wins Monza Supercup. There you go. So he's coming off a race win. Yeah, absolutely killing it in prestige. Like, you know, this is the best drivers in the world, so he's doing a great effort. Um, I'd borderline say I don't think he's looking for a... V8 supercar drive next year. No. He'll be looking for Le Mans or something yeah, else. Yeah, he's going higher than V8 supercars. He needs to. He's, I'm going to sound bad, but he's too good. Yeah, so uh, that will be really interesting to see um, how he goes. What other drivers have we got in there to look at? There's a, quite a few good pairings, actually, that are coming through uh, this year. Uh, you obviously got Winterbottom's going to be back with his... Uh, Dean Canto, Dean Canto. And they, they do quite well. Um, who's Chaz with this year? Chaz is with, um, with Steve Owen. Steve Owen. So another pretty good... We've got so many good... This is the good thing about Enduro season. We've got, got so, so many, many good spare drivers. We've got yeah. more drivers than we have cars. And that's yeah. the best thing about it. So a lot of the big teams do have quite good drivers with them. Um, looks like Taz Douglas has come back to fill in with Aaron Russell for Sandown. Mm -hmm. uh, for Lucas Dumbrell, uh, I don't expect them to be anywhere up the top there. Nah, so, was, but good to see him back. Rick, uh, Todd Kelly and Jack LeBrock. I think they might be in for a top yeah, ten. Yeah, I, I think Jack LeBrock is probably as good as most of the co-drivers. So that'll be uh, a, a good thing to see. I don't think he's got quite the experience of Paul Dumbrell. Obviously, no one in the field probably has yeah. the the constant um, V8s and then and development series in the current model cars another and stuff like that. To, sorry, another yeah. one to look at is also is um, Alex Pramat with Scott McLaughlin. Yeah. See how the old Frenchie goes again. He did really well last year with Shane, but when he did a full-time drive here, he was very average. Yeah, I think he was a lot better when he was in a, a, decent, a decent car, so that will be interesting to see. Um, and also will be um, Fabian Coulthard with Tony. Tony uh, D'Alberto. Yeah. Yep. That'll be also an interesting one. All right. Pick one. Uh, for the win? For yeah, Sandown for or Sandown. for the Enduro Cup? All right. No, pick one for the Enduro Cup and then pick one for Sandown. Because Enduro uh, Cup, remember, like, uh, Luffy and who was it? Uh, Tander. Tander won it last year. Yeah, um, I don't think I don't think Scotty Pye and and Luff will win it this year. I don't think they have much of a chance, but no. they probably didn't have that great a chance last year. It it's just such a good time now. But you know, you had it's Jonathan Lebb, uh, Webb and uh, and uh, Will Davison last w year to Wind do Bathurst. great, yeah, yeah, do a great job. So any you can throw these um these big ones up, but I feel like it will be a triple eight. Uh, car and I feel like it might be Jamie. Yeah, I just I know that's it's probably a bit of a no, cop it's out. Not a it's cop out because that's who I was leaning to as well. I think Jamie's really good this half of the year. 
Yeah, and I think he's starting to build momentum. I think Triple Eight's building momentum. But when we go to Bathurst, my money's on Lounge. I, I, I was about to say, any of the Triple Eight cars, like, you know, it's not hard to put uh, any of them in and, and be believable. You know, Lounge's race pace this year has been phenomenal. His qualifying, qualifying pace has been hopeless. Put Richards well, guess in the what? car to qualify. And it doesn't matter. These these rounds don't matter, especially no. Bathurst with the thousand kilometers. It's not going to matter. Uh, it's just gonna it's just gonna come down to consistent driving and 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 good pit stops and whatnot and staying out of trouble. So that's looking really really good. So I'm I'm going to say Jamie for the Enduro Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandown. No, I won't go Scotty. I don't think. I'm going to go left field. Let's go. Now I'm just picking numbers. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm going to go Shane. Shane. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So we're both going Shane. Shane, 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 okay. Uh, for next week. Yes. Um, all right. That's us pretty much done and dusted this week. Just a quick thing. We're penciling in our Facebook Live episode that we're going to do at the end of the year. It'll be our last one for the season. Don't worry if you don't use Facebook or you don't want to do the Facebook living thing. That's fine. We will still release the episode regardless. But if you wanted to watch us record, record it. Um, and this also gives you guys an option to ask us questions when we're doing the show. And then we can answer it. We could be really nice to be able to do a little Q&A um, with everyone. That's going to be on the... T- we're penciling in at the moment, 28th of November. Yep. Um, it's a Tuesday night. I don't know what time it is will be yet because it's still, you know, three months away. Um, but we'll work it out close to the that, date. Yeah. We'll post it on Facebook that we're going to do it, and we'll let you know. But you know, we're letting you know now, just early. Get in, yeah, pencil yeah. it in your diaries. Go, nah, it's going to be for an hour on Tuesday, the twenty eighth. I'm going to have to watch these guys. Yeah. Um, have you got any retro gear? I was actually sent you a photo. Yeah, you did. You sent me a photo of the um a really cool hat. Yes, uh, uh, a hat that I've now had. I think I was working it out. I've had it for... That's a green-eyed fif- monster. 15 years or 16 years I've had. It's yep. got Craig Lowndes signature on the front too. We might post that to our Facebook page. Yeah, so I'm, I'll try hat. and wear that for uh, the Sandown. And, I'm uh, drinking out of the Caltex Retro Stubby Caller right now. The I mean, they didn't do too well. But <laughs> I went and bought all the gear that year. I've got <laughs> yeah. the shirt and the Stubby Caller and everything. Is that what you'll be wearing for Sandown? I might. Chuck that on. I'll have a look. We'll go have a look online and we'll see. They might, I might buy some more shit because I'm, I'm a sucker for that. <laughs> but so. that is us done and dusted this week. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, if you do like the show, please leave a review on any of the podcasting apps you can or, um, you know, on iTunes, leave us some stars. It really helps out. If you've got any questions, feel free to email them through at breakinglate at gmail.com. Check out the website at breakinglate.com or you can go to facebook facebook.com forward slash breakinglate or just search for us anything oh. else you want to add no, no i think that's it yeah it's just done. yeah reach out people give us some questions or whatever show us what you're going to be wearing for Sandown. if you've got anyone's got any retro gear they're going to be want to put on for Sandown. send us in some photos and uh let us know how old it is and where you got it yeah, yeah. so we might should we do a we could do a retro party we could for Sandown. we could we'll see don't know what we're doing, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's we'll weeks it away. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's fine. two weeks away. Anyway, <laughs> that's uh, us done and dusted. We'll see you guys <laughs> two weeks. Oh, uh, see ya. Bye. Bye.